0: Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now... Let's dive into God's Word. A reading from 2 Kings, chapter 22 and 23. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother's name was Jedidiah, daughter of Adiah, and she was from Boskath. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the eighteenth year of his reign, King Josiah sent the secretary, Shaphan, son of Azalea, the son of Meshulan, to the temple of the Lord. He said, go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him get ready the money that has been brought into the temple of the Lord which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Have them entrusted to the men appointed to supervise the work of the temple. And and have these men pay the workers who repair the temple of the Lord, the carpenters, the builders, and the masons. Also have them purchase timber and dress stone to repair the temple, but they need not account for the money entrusted to them because they are honest in their dealings. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan, who read it. Then Shaphan, the secretary, went to the king and reported to him, Your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the workers and supervisors at the temple. Then Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king, Hilkiah, the priest, has given me a book. And Shaphan read read from it, in the presence of the king. Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbor, Shaphan, and Asaiah went to speak to the prophet Huldah, who was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikva, the son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the new quarter. She said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, tell the man who sent you to me This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this place and its people, according to everything written in the book the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all the idols their hands have made, my anger will burn against this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I had spoken against this place and its people, that they would become a curse and be laid waste. Because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I would gather you to your ancestors and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm going to bring on this place. So they took their answer back to the king. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, all of the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar And renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commandments statues and decrees with all his heart and all his soul thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book then all the people pledged themselves to the covenant the word of the Lord thanks be to God we're getting ready to do some decorations And maybe you've done decorations at your home, maybe not quite yet, but oftentimes our decorations are stored away in various places. And then we go and we find them. Have you ever had a situation where you go and you look and you find something and you're like, oh, I didn't know that was in here. You ever had that? Often. (laughs) Well, because I haven't been here that long, I, from time to time, will walk through this building. And it's always amazing to find things and to find where doors go. Oh, I didn't know that led to here. That's really interesting. I'm sure there's going to continue to be nooks and crannies. And I find stuff that I think is really interesting. So we're going to do a little show and tell. All right. So. Here, somebody take this one, show it around. So the first thing, go, go up and, and show folks up in the, yeah, right down the aisle. So, you know, we're gonna do Christmas caroling, right? And I had no idea where, I was told, hey, there's these, these little booklets that have Christmas carols, hymns in them. And so I started searching and I couldn't find them. And I asked Susan and she had no idea. I found them. So we have we have little bucks for Christmas caroling. And and these are our old, they've been around for a while, and that's really neat. Alright, so next, who's gonna hold this? We've got two things here. We've got this is a directory from 1970. And I will tell you There are lots of pages and the folks are pretty much listed on, uh, the names are listed one line per, per, like there's one and it's full and it's page after page after page. And then this was also uh, some kind of a flyer, I guess, for the mortgage burning for the building. So you wanna, somebody take that around. Okay, show that around. Things that you just find, and you're like, "Wow!" I mean, think about the significance of both of those, both of those items. Right? They're stories. They're stories of people in the directory, especially that most of us probably have no idea who a lot of those folks are, but they're people and they have stories. And the mortgage building, mortgage burning. There's a story with that. Okay, next item. We got, I got more items. Because there's some interesting stuff in here. I found music. This was actually originally in my office, which had been the choir room. And there was whole cabinets of music. And this music goes back And I left my glasses over there. I think this goes... I think this goes to, like, 1931 or something like that. I don't remember. Here, you can take that around. You can show people that. There's a tie to things, right? I've got two books and then i got one other thing. I found this book just in a pile. It's called A Boy at Gettysburg. It's by Ellie Singmaster, which probably has no meaning to you. But Ellie Singmaster, and this book was written in 1924, that's when it was published. It's been sitting upstairs. Singmaster uh, at the campus, the, Univers- the United Lutheran Seminary in Gettysburg, has a building called the Singmaster Building, written by this person who the building is named after. There's this nice little tie. Here, somebody can take that around. And then I also found this wonderful book, which is all handwritten notes. Going back, it's the minutes of the Lutheran Ministerial Association of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, 1914 to 1934. It's all in cursive. So you guys probably can't read this, but um, I learned did you? Okay, good. And then I found this treasure, and I've been so excited to share this. Is it money? No, it is not money. <laughs> I'm gonna hold this up because it's big. Okay, you ready? You ready? Here, guys, come on down here. I'm gonna show you. You ready for this? I found this picture. You. What? It's, wow. Okay. So, do you know who this is? No. no thankfully, there's a, there's a sign on it. I, when I first saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, is this like a university professor? Or president of, like, this is uh, Harry Smeltzer. Does that name ring a bell to anybody? No? No? He was the beloved, says so right on the, on the tag, beloved superintendent of Sunday school. It's a painting of the superintendent of Sunday school. How about that? We can, uh, here, we can put some of these stuff up here. Okay, and you guys, thank you very much for going around and showing all that stuff. Just There you go. Oh yes, he, he's he's been long gone. <laughs> yes, she asked if he was dead. Yes, yes. So I share all that with you because it's amazing what you can find in our reading today. Which thank you, uh, Eric and Lita for. Uh, attempting all of the wonderful names in there in there in this story it's king Josiah's story and Josiah is considered one of the one of the good kings of of Judah one of the rare good kings in there and and he was 8 when he became king are any of you 8 any 8 8 8, eight. 8 years old What? 8 oh. <laughs> No How would you like to be in yeah, grant sure <laughs> How would you like to be in charge of an entire country at 8 years old? You want to do that? Comes with some responsibility. Yeah. Um, I would change the law. You would change the law? Pro- I would trust you actually <laughs> to do the right thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, can you imagine that being eight years old and then you're the king? How about it? Yeah, ocho. Yeah. This is this is Josiah. He takes over. We don't hear, of course, who's actually kind of running the show because eight-year-olds generally do not make decisions for an entire nation. But this is a, a the. The process that happens, right? And and so finally in his eighteenth year of his reign, so he's twenty-six years old, the ripe old age of twenty-six, he decides we need to do some repairs to the temple. Reason why is because his father and his grandfather were both terrible kings. His grandfather, Manasseh, is considered evil. That's how bad. He is, and why is he evil? Because he is not just ignoring God, but trying to replace God. And he rules for over 50 years. And so, when things aren't done for 50 years, think about that. I'm 47, that's my entire life plus. And if something doesn't happen for that long, how well do you think it's going to take place? It's put aside. It's forgotten. Nobody does it. And so in the midst of this, you hear the the story of Josiah who is faithful to God and decides there needs to be, we need to focus back to God. And so that's going to require repairs to the temple and that's going to require getting rid of all the false gods that have been worshipped in the temple as well a cleansing Josiah is a reformer and in the midst of this you have this amusing uh, conversation between the high priest and the king's secretary and the high priest is like hey um while we're doing this repairs we happen to find the book of the law does anybody find that kind of weird you're in a temple and you find the book of the law has it been missing was it hidden we don't know doesn't say but it's handed over here give this to the king and the secretary comes back and he says, uh, King, good news, repairs are underway. The money that you wanted for, for the temple has been entrusted to the workers. It's given a repair update. And oh, by the way, the, the priest gave me this book. Again, like, can, can you just hear that? <laughs> that just sounds kind of weird. But you know, it's just this book. Can you imagine like doing repairs to the bell tower? And, and uh page comes down to me and says, hey, by the way, we found this book, and it's the Bible. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of the equivalent of what's going on here. And, and the, the story, that's, the part that's missing in here is that Josiah, because Josiah is faithful, Josiah hears, has it read to him, and he rips his clothes because what's happening is not what's supposed to happen. Worship of God is not happening. Faithfulness to God is not happening. And he knows that there are consequences for that. And so then he sends people to the, to this high priest, Holka. Holkaya sends the priest. It, yeah, Holkaya is the, the priest who is sent to the, the priestess, Holda, and asks, so what do we do? And she gives this whole speech of, well... The nation's kind of screwed over, but you've been faithful. You'll lay with your ancestors, and you won't see the destruction. In Bible study, we were talking about the idea that there's this cycle that happens. And this is, 2 Kings is the end of what's called the, uh, see if I can get this name right, the deuteronomical history. I'm not going to quiz you on that. Uh, I'm sure I did not pronounce it correctly, but it encompasses this this uh, period of Israel's history from the book of Joshua and Judges, first and second Samuel and second first and second Kings. Okay, and what that story encompasses is that Israel going into the Promised Land and starting off as a nation and trying to figure out how to follow God. How successful are they? They're not. So then they break off into tribes and there's judges to rule them. How well does that work? Not great. Then they come together as a nation. How well does that work? It doesn't. Then they break into two because they got fights. And how well does that work? It doesn't. It's the cycle. This is the cycle of the Old Testament. This is the cycle of life. God makes a covenant. People celebrate it, and then they decide, eh, you don't really know what you're talking about, God, so we're going to do things our way. They suffer a consequence. It's not great. They call out to God. God hears their cry, sends someone to save them, and reestablishes a covenant. That's the cycle. So the question is, this is setting up perfect for Advent for us. What has been done has not worked over and over and over and over again. It may work for a time, just like Josiah doing reforms and rededicating the people, and there's much rejoicing and it's great. Or in, uh, in Bible study, D said, that sounds, that sounds wonderful. Yes, it does. But we know that the story is going to go back to exactly what they were doing, which was not following. And there's a consequence. And so what's the good news for us in the midst of this? That this is a God who doesn't quit on us. Never. No matter, even in these words, which, oh, I'm going to wipe this place out, that's never the end of the story. It's never the end of the story. There's always more. God's been participating in this cycle as well. God knows, right? None of us have our act together. None of us. We're all making it up as we go along because none of us have an instruction manual for life. And dealing with people is difficult and it's messy. And sometimes things just go really bad. And yet God is faithful. The, the beautiful thing about, whether we're talking about this passage or other passages of scripture, is that things happen And the good news is the conversation that happens between people and God. That's always the key. No matter what's going on, no matter how angry people may be at God, what God cares about is that there's a relationship that we can still talk. We can still be in relationship with each other. You know, we don't know the mind of God. That's scripture. So we get angry because... Well, God's not doing it my way. Well, that's probably a good thing. What God cares about is, you haven't given up on me, and I haven't given up on you. That's the key message of Scripture that happens over and over again. The other thing that I like to to talk about in this is the power of the word. The power of the word. So whether the scroll of Deuteronomy which is what the the high priest found was hidden because of some terrible kings that were trying to destroy worship of Yahweh or if it was just lost and forgotten it's brought out after all these decades and it still has a transforming effect it's powerful because it's the word of God Right? And I think about this in terms of other written words. I right? think about the power of written words. I have just a small, you know, I'm a—I'm a, I'm a voracious reader, and I love reading, and if you go to my office, you'll see books all over the place. I have not read all of them. But there's some books that I have that I'm like, We're powerful. We're speeches. I'm sure you've all heard like speeches or you've heard and been in conversation with people. Words have power to transform, right? I mean, I've told the story about RFK after the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., Robert Kennedy going to Indianapolis and the only city, only major city that did not go into riots because of his five-minute speech Powerful, right? One, one of the other speeches that, that I really like is from Teddy Roosevelt, The Man in, in the Arena. It's a, it's a great speech. Just real quick, another book that has had an impact on me, it's called Change, How Things, How to Make Big Things Happen. And, and it's, you know what this comes down to? This could have been a lot shorter book. <laughs> it comes down to Relationship. Change happens because somebody has trust in somebody else. That's what that's about. That's powerful. Community by Peter Block. It's a great book. The application of it is incredible because this is about the beloved community. The Future of Nostalgia. This was written in 2001. And it's about the post-communist Europe, but it's about nostalgia and how dangerous nostalgia can be. Because it's a remembrance of something that necessarily didn't happen, but what we want to have happened. The lost art of Scripture, so it's a bit heady, would have been great in seminary. It's the history of Scripture and how Scripture has been lost. We have denominations that see that only, only a literal interpretation of Scripture is appropriate. I'm going to tell you that's not the case. That's the lost art of Scripture. Scripture tells story and it has emotion and all of this, and that's why it has an impact on us. This book had an impact on me. It's called American Roulette. I'm one of the authors. That's why it had an impact on me. <laughs> Just the process of it and the topic, right? But then hearing people talk about it is really impactful. But all of that is wonderful, and all of that is great, and and there's a, a ton of knowledge and everything. And no matter what I know, no matter how much I have learned, no matter how many people I talk to, all of that is pretty minor because I will never know enough I will never have enough wisdom I will never have enough knowledge I will never have enough never have enough to get it right here's scripture it's probably the most impactful thing I can say that for sure because here I am preaching I was not always Lutheran I grew up Roman Catholic. Scripture has an impact. It changes our life. It can be used and abused, for sure. I know that is probably the case that some of you have suffered from that. But it also tells an incredible story of a loving relationship between God and all of creation, including us and the transforming power that God has in our lives to change us. If even for a time, we may be on fire like Josiah, but it ain't gonna hold. Because we ain't perfect. We're human. But this also tells us that God is faithful. God will always come back. God forgives. God loves us in spite of anything in, about us. God is faithful. God is loving. God cares. God wants to be in relationship. That's what training, that's all this other stuff. It all comes back to this. It comes back to this. Thanks be to God. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at ChristHarrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.